This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Time now to turn our attention uh, to some headlines coming out uh, from around the region. Mm, yes, indeed. And of course, top of the agenda, Singapore and Malaysia aiming to perhaps expand the land vaccinated travel lane or VTL scheme to include general travellers from the middle of December. Now, Omicron may throw a spanner in the works, uh, but certainly I think what we've seen so far is very, very promising in terms of how it's worked out. And it was heartwarming as well. Mm. Uh, over in military ruled Myanmar, verdicts in the trial of ousted leader Aung San Suu Kyi have been deferred by the court. Plus, the Philippines also launching their biggest ever vaccination campaign. On the line is Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Leslie, good morning. How are you? Good morning, I'm doing good. We, we were looking at images of, of the VTL between Singapore and Malaysia uh, at our end. Uh, what did you see at your end? How was, it, uh, how was the news covered there? Well, you know, clearly very upbeat, heartwarming images of people, you know, Families reuniting after such a long time. There were some hiccups, you know, delays in buses coming in and that kind of stuff. But generally, uh, for something this huge, things went fairly smoothly, actually. So I think, like you said, it's very promising. And governments are looking forward to expanding this, especially towards, as we head towards the end of the year, the Christmas season, uh, the New Year, and also Chinese New Year that will be in February next year. All this is going to be very soon. So generally people are looking forward and hoping that, you know, this new variant doesn't, like Bharti said, throw mm. Spanner into the works, you know. So I think, you know, everyone is trying to be hopeful, positive, and hope that, you know, we, we'll see some, um, we'll get through this with a positive story at the end, you know. Yeah. What is the sentiment on the ground like, considering that spanner in the works that we were talking about? Because it, there is talk that this could be expanded in mid-December, but is it perhaps too soon to be this optimistic, Leslie? Well, you know, I think, you know, we really need to see how this new variant really impacts both countries and how both countries actually manage this and try to limit the spread. As long as I think that both sides are confident about measures being taken by the two countries, I think that will be that will go a long way towards making sure this opening up actually progresses smoothly. So, as always, it will require these you know confidence building measures, you know, where both countries feel comfortable that each of them respectively are doing the best, and uh, their measures are actually bearing fruit. Uh, Leslie, this is a bit of a gossip topic here. Uh, Malaysia's former finance minister, Lim Guan Eng, has called Malaysia a global laughing stock for suggesting the revival of the high-speed rail link with Singapore. This is like giving false hope. I don't like it. Uh, I I believe what they paid something like uh, $104 million to terminate this. Okay, why is this conversation coming up now? Well, precisely. I mean, you know, uh, everyone is wondering, especially at this time when, you know, finances are stretched, the economy is really troubled. And for this suggestion to come up, I'm just wondering whether this was something that, you know, was just raised because Prime Minister Ismail Sabri mm-hmm. visited Singapore recently. And, you know, it could have been a topic that was, you know, simply suggested or 
may have just been brought up by one of the reporters. But I don't think anyone is taking that seriously here. Guaning's comment about Malaysia being a laughing stock may have been uh, somewhat of an exaggeration, but the story, the story just basically didn't have much of a news cycle actually in, in Malaysia. Mm, well, it would it would have been great if it had been approached with more seriousness, but okay. That's true. Okay, let's just come to terms with the fact that it could have been done for other politically expedient reasons. Exactly. <laughs> let's move on, Leslie. Uh, Myanmar is something that we've been watching for the last few weeks as well. The Myanmar court has actually deferred the first verdicts in the trial of ousted leader Aung San Suu Kyi to 6th of December. To what extent... Could the military government be manipulating the deferment here? I mean, what do we know about the trials so far? How would all of this influence the outcome of the verdict? I think lots of questions being asked around this at this point. Well, what know, do you know? Well, the court delayed the verdict and there are suggestions that the military was concerned that a verdict similar to the harsh sentences meted out to the Myanmar leaders' uh, colleagues in the National League of Democracy could trigger a fresh wave of you know, protests. You know, we've seen like more than 1,200 people killed and more than 10,000 people arrested since the coup in February. So clearly, I think the military is concerned about the kind of reaction it would face. And uh, tensions are like, you know, has the tensions have been running high for, for a long time. And this clearly would have triggered something very, very drastic, actually. So I think the military, it does appear that the military is being cautious and they do realize that, you know, any kind of harsh wording on the Myanmar leader would really trigger something very, very adverse. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Actually, uh, on that note, uh, earlier this week, there was also a boat carrying 228 Rohingya that was seized. Uh, the people on board arrested. Obviously, I think they were trying to flee. Uh, oh, what else can you tell us about that? And, you know, to your point earlier on, it's, you know, being cautious about the image it's projecting. How's this going to play out? Well, you know, really, why they stopped the boat or people fleeing, you know, we've seen really horrific images of the treatment of Rohingyas and also the kind of conditions that they live in and the kind of brutal uh, repression that they go under. So this seizure of the boats, you know, where we saw uh, children clinging to their mothers and, you know, really uh, very, very tragic pictures, actually. I believe that, you know, the Myanmarese government could have also wanted to make sure that, you know, a lot of these stories where boats capsized and all this kind of stuff. So he was preventing something like that, too. But where these people go after this is the big question. And what happens to them? So, you know, a lot of unanswered questions here. Now, Leslie, let's move on to talking about the Philippines at this point in an attempt to reach their target of 70% population protection nationwide. Mm. Uh, they've launched their single biggest push to vaccinate 9 million people in three days. This sounds like a huge campaign that's going to entail a lot. Uh, tell us more about the campaign. How successful might it be considering their track record and, of course, the vaccine access issues as well? Well, you know, the Philippines has been one of the uh, one of the worst hit countries in Southeast Asia as far as the coronavirus crisis is concerned. And um, this push to to try and vaccinate uh, is going to be is going to face a lot of challenges. The delivery of vaccines, which have always been a problem, especially in a country that large. 
uh, where communication, transportation issues are always, are always problematic. So wanting to uh, vaccinate so many people in a short time clearly is a, a good move, especially with the Christmas season coming up. It's a predominantly Christian society where yeah. you know, a lot of people are going to be moving around. So I think I, I, we just hope that you know, the vaccine vaccination rollout will take place with minimum amount of uh, disruptions. You know? But then again, that's hoping, really hoping for quite a bit given the kind of problems that Philippines faces. Yeah, I mean, there already is one disruption in that new uh, Omicron variant, right? And that's resulted in the fully vaccinated tourist entry, like a VTL in a sense, uh, being suspended. Um, Any word on this? Well, you know, the thing is that, you know, this just shows the kind of challenges all countries are going through. Japan had to uh, close it down, cancel uh, tourists. And, you know, uh, so has Hong Kong also put in tough measures. So it is understandable Philippines doing something similar, but everyone's hoping that, you know, the the new variant will be less virulent than yeah. than the previous ones. So here's keeping our fingers crossed, I think, you know, so to see that, you know, things actually turn out and, you know, there is a positive note in all of this. You know, I mean, everyone's gone through really rough, almost two years now since the pandemic began. So I think, you know, just like in the Philippines, everyone's being cautious, but everyone's hoping for something that's positive. We've been speaking with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent at The Straits Times. Leslie, thank you very much for filling us in and for your analysis as well. You stay safe and take care, yeah? Thank you. Thanks. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.